Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Candid Fitness, a podcast where I share my learning through personal stories and also invite guests to talk about their stories or share their expertise on all things fitness which includes physical health, nutrition, mental health, self-discipline and much more. In this episode, I chat with Nishan Bharadwaj, a marketing professional who is extremely passionate about endurance sports and triathlons. He has a fascinating journey from being obese with a BMI of 38 to completing three half Ironman events. And it doesn't stop there. He is now preparing to become an Ironman next year. A certified Ironman coach, he shares his passion for running and endurance sports by helping aspiring athletes conquer their dream of becoming an Ironman. Wondering what's an Ironman? It's one of the toughest endurance races ever and involves swimming 3.8 km in open water. 180km of cycling and 42km of running, all done sequentially in a single day. Can you imagine that? In this candid discussion, we talk about his inspiring journey of losing 32 kilos in one year, how he managed food cravings, his approach to fitness, his pre-workout rituals, why strength training is essential for runners and much more. Listen until the end as Nishan shares his tips on how to get started and become a long-distance runner. If you enjoy this conversation, do leave us a review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe. Now come join us and enjoy this candid conversation. Welcome back guys. I've got Nishant with me here today. Hi Nishant, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Good man, good. Mate, I'm fascinated by your journey. You've completed three half marathons and now you are preparing for a full event. You're an Ironman coach yourself, helping a lot of athletes achieve their goals. And with all this, you also manage your regular nine to five job. So that's really impressive. So what inspired you to get into endurance sports in the first place and then eventually take up this mammoth goal of completing an Ironman? Sure. Uh, First off, thanks a lot for having me and uh, uh, we share our audience also shares common interests which is uh, fitness and making their lives better through a routine which i i like to tell my audiences on various platforms is that fitness is not about doing something which is one off kind of a thing it's it's about a lifestyle it's about a daily ritual that you do and once you get into that habit and then you start uh, creating larger goals for yourself because Uh, Fitness is something that, you know, the more you acquire, the more you want it, the bigger the goals you want. And uh, even if you are, you can be into calisthenics, you could be into running, you could be into cycling. It's always about getting better and becoming a better version of yourself. So that's how I started. I started about 15 years back into running and I discovered the sport of endurance, endurance running and endurance uh, cycling and other uh, swimming and all that about three years ago and uh, I just uh, scaled up. Uh, I was always a runner. I had this mentality which we will discuss uh, as we go along. Like there was something in my mind which was always stopping me to uh, do a maximum of 10 kilometers. I never thought beyond it. I always had it in me. It just never went beyond it. And uh, so three years back, fell in love with endurance sports, started and in, in less than two and a half years, I've done over 50 half and full marathons and I've done three 70.3 Ironmans. I was supposed to do two full Ironmans this year, but uh, like, you know, everyone COVID hit and just uh, the plans 
Yeah. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen in 2021. That's how I started. Yeah, amazing. I think the thing that you talked about mindset is very important. In my personal journey also I've realized it's like fitness is more about your mental toughness, right? You can do a lot of physical activities, but you have to build that mental toughness to be able to persevere and continue doing what you're doing. So tell me something about that journey. Uh, how did you build that muscle of mental toughness and and you know continuing your journey for 15 years that's a very long time and you've done so many marathons and and so many different events so what motivates you to keep going sure i think uh, it's a very valid question because a lot of us in fact uh, quite honestly 99.99% indians or, or you know generally in the world are not into regular fitness it's mostly intermittent you would do it for some season or some uh, occasion or some kind of a goal that you have set for yourself that i want to lose 5 kilos before my wedding or my big interview or some you know xyz goals a handful probably like a, only a few million people pursue this year over over and over again so it it also started for me uh, in the similar fashion when i had that spark of uh, i want to do something you know let's just start that was 15 15 and a half years ago 2005 uh, june precisely i was i just passed out of my 12th class and i visited my dad who was posted uh, in shrinagar that time i met a few uh, of our uh, colleagues and uh, sons and daughters of uh, army kids and i i thought okay i'm probably not fitting in uh, because i am huge and just to give you a context when i was about 17 years old old 15 years back i was uh, 113 kilos and i was 5859 uh, my bmi was uh, close to 38 and uh, i was not fully grown because obviously at 17 you're still growing i am 62 now and uh, from a bmi of 38 uh, something just you know after 12 you have a lot of time to think that you know i want to start college and what's going to happen when i start college there's not going to be anyone uh, talking to me because i am uh, overweight now to the body shaming squad or people who you know are uh, advocating these rights i'm not saying that being heavier is is a bad thing is just that it's definitely a dent on self esteem so i'm not i'm not saying that you know that being fat was wrong but you know health wise all your Uh, vitals are all over the places you're not supposed to be like heavy weight so it's okay to accept yourself in a skin but why not accept yourself in the best skin so that's how i started and when i fell in love with running i ran for a year under the supervision of my army officer father he guided me through this army rituals and diets and all that not fancy nothing fancy just day in day out going for five run five kick runs 10k runs i did that for a year stopped eating junk just eliminated junk completely sugar completely and just normal diet nothing fancy no ketos and stuff like that just the normal diet and i lost 32 kilos in one calendar year and wow, that's uh, huge i never looked back after that just uh, kept going wow that's that's pretty amazing man 32 kgs in one year is is huge and doing it dedicatedly for that period of time takes a lot of lot of resilience i would say uh, so that's amazing so after losing those 32 kgs how did you feel like 
your body obviously has would have gone, undergone a lot of changes was there a change in your confidence level did you feel like okay i'm i'm a different changed person now yeah so uh, what happens is when you're undergoing this transformation first uh, few months 3 to 4 months are always the difficult ones in fact first few days itself are very difficult but uh, what happens is that when your body is changing your mind also continues to change but it starts with the mind first because you have to train your mind regardless of how much pain you are experiencing because you're just starting out a new activity especially like running and all which is which are uh, weight bearing activities it puts strain on your legs and your uh, uh, lower back your uh, knees so you will have days where it just pains a lot and any which ways if you are overweight you are carrying much more uh, weight than your body is designed to at a particular age and gender and you know so you have to overcome these kind of small small knickknacks small small issues on a daily basis then you have to overcome the resist the temptation of food and all that which you've been trained to eat from many many years so when you are taking these micro decisions on a daily basis about quitting something not having something or just showing up you don't even realize but your your mind is getting trained it's like you know you're training your mind to take decisions when it doesn't want to over a period of time you know so what i say is that it happens slowly it starts slowly and then it happens all at once so uh, your mind is changing you don't even realize it in 90 days 180 days uh, the the change change in your mindset is completely different and so you would always come across people dieters and all who people make fun of that you know you are x type of dieter or you know you're in this kind of fitness you're always obsessed about it but my answer to these people is that obsessed gets result you have to be obsessed about a particular uh, pursuit that you you know you are going after if you don't get obsessed it's not going to happen if you want results in a tight deadline uh, so physio- so that 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 what ha- that's what happens through your mindset and physically when your body is changing uh, you're shedding a lot of weight sometimes the initial weight starts to shed from your face also so people start noticing most of the indian mentality would be like you have become so weak you have become uh, sick you have something has happened uh, you're not eating <laughs> that's the typical thing which i've i've also faced in my personal life a lot of times aunties will say okay what happened you're not eating enough uh, are you are you ill yeah so <laughs> i can i can relate to that so these are these are you know whenever you're changing uh, for good or bad people will always be there some people will sort of say stuff to you which hurts a lot of people will appreciate you i think 80% people would be just be neutral so we don't have to worry about all these things especially don't worry about the negative things or you know things that do not feel so good to hear just ignore that uh, keep doing what you're doing set yourself an aggressive goal with timelines be accountable and when once you uh, have these kind of physiological changes in your body it obviously it goes through a curve you become slightly weaker uh, but you're also becoming stronger so i recommend people on their weight loss journeys to incorporate strength and conditioning because that will negate the uh, effects of instant weight loss you know it looks like you're becoming weaker but uh, the capacity of your body uh, will become better and uh, you will have some stretch marks here and there you will have acne you will have certain kind of uh, sweat issues 
but don't worry about these these are all temporary if teenagers are doing it they will have more if people in the 20s 30s or 40s they might have little different but eventually it all subsides and something else takes over which is a more efficient metabolic structure a more energy efficient body you have so much more reserves to do a better job at your work or any other pursuits that you have keep going just don't quit take focus only on those micro decisions today what am i supposed to eat now instead of this crappy thing i will choose a better thing instead of sleeping for 10 15 20 minutes which actually turns into 1 hour or 2 hours you know skip those just just take control of these micro decisions and results will show up awesome one question which a lot of people ask me is how do you take control of food cravings a lot of people have food cravings especially at night so they are not able to sleep and they are awake late at night and they crave certain foods so how how did you over- overcome that while you were uh, sort of overweight great question abhimanyu so being uh, human and being into both sides of the spectrum extreme obesity and then you know uh, extreme fitness through iron man i have had my share of these uh, cravings in fact it starts in the morning when you are a triathlete when you are a, a sports person you are right it it doesn't happen only when you are overweight it happens even now even i experience uh, cravings but i think for someone who's who has a particular goal in mind and who's going towards achieving something it's much easier because you can always shift your focus towards that goal but for someone who's going through that journey of trying to lose weight i want to understand that perspective that at that point of time when you're trying to lose weight and you are not in a best state of mind not the most motivated state of mind how do you overcome uh, craving during that time sure uh, so Uh, before i address this question i will quickly add once more because my journey has been for about 15 years so one and a half decades uh, it's not just i that i lost 32 kilos in the beginning and i've still been like that uh, every year two years i've always had bursts of weight gain and weight loss and eventually there was a time that i used to uh, knowingly gain gain weight for about 6 uh, months of for the year so that i would have certain goals to you know let next 6 months let's try and drop it so every 6 months i used to gain like 5 7 8 kilos and then try because then there is a constant challenge so it's not like ki once you have gained something and then it's over now next what so you have, you have you to still have to work towards maintenance and yeah coming back to the main question like how do you control these kind of cravings the answer is uh, 100% compliance now i'll tell you what uh, being off sugar for next 10 days let's say if you set a goal for yourself for being off sugar for 10 days 100% compliance zero sugar for 10 days it's easier to do that versus 95% compliance or 90% compliance when you eliminate decision making that next 10 days no sugar then that sugar is off the table you don't have to make a decision that can i have one one spoon of uh, sugar in morning cup of tea or can i have it in the afternoon and can i have it in the evening can i have this one piece of cake when you leave yourself 5 10% that window you know uh, that window to take a decision that okay let me let me do it 90% but 10% is actually making you take decisions at least 15 to 20 times a day 
and eventually you will give in not in the morning maybe in the afternoon maybe in the evening snacks so if you are setting yourself a goal that you want to you lose 5 kilos in let's say 6 uh, weeks and these are the things that your nutrition has prescribed no alcohol for 21 days or no sugar for 15 days keep it to 100% just zero for next 15 days 21 days your life becomes better easier you're not making those decisions compliance 100% is easier than 90% or 95% that's how i have done over the 15 years uh, of my journey so you're saying making your goals or targets non negotiable now my question is what happens after those 10 days 15 days so for example if you have a goal 15 days i will not have sugar fine 15 days you have 100% compliance you will not touch sugar what do you do after those 15 days do you treat yourself on the 16 day and say okay i'm going to have a pastry because i have not had sugar for last 15 days so sure, sure so so what happens is uh, it's always good to have like a end goal in mind that you know if this is what i do i can get reward myself and rewards actually work very well for yourself and if you set yourself like small little rewards here and there that's fine and i'm not talking about cheat meals and all because cheat meals are equally destructive they don't do so well for yourself but when you uh, finish this 15 days or 21 days goal you can then set yourself a next next goal that i will have one piece of uh, cake or uh, x amount of sugar only on mondays so then again you you know uh, you are eliminating the choice that you have to make on tuesday to sunday you are just going to have this one piece of cake so you define it you you know put a parameter around it that okay every monday or every sunday night i am allowed to have these 60 ml of uh, whiskey that's fine you have pinpointed the the time and the date when you have you will have that reward other days you follow what your coaches have been telling your nutritionists have been telling try to eliminate the process of decision making make it automated that's when you reach goals yeah that automation makes a lot of sense and to summarize what i understand is you're talking about moderate indulgence but you are saying to get to that level where you can control and have moderate indulgence you first cut it off completely and you train your mind to be able to live without it and then you slowly get into that moderate indulgence where you say okay now i am in control so now i can have little bit of it regularly but because initially i am so used to eating so much or consuming that particular thing so much that i can't control myself so moderate indulgence doesn't work for me so i'm going to cut it off out of my life for some time and then slowly yes. get back into it you know by then you have conditioned yourself you have a little more self control you you control your decisions so it helps certainly yes that's amazing that's very relatable and makes a lot of sense okay now i want to jump into the iron man and you know marathon part to understand and deep dive more into how you train for them so i want to understand what does a typical day look like because uh, the fascinating part for me is that you're not doing this full time you have your regular 9 to 5 job and you are training for a triathlon which i mean the event itself so if i talk about half iron man it takes like 6 to 7 hours for someone to complete it and iron man is another ball game it takes like 16 17 hours for anyone to finish those races so the preparation time itself would be a lot right if someone wants to 
say strength train one or two hours a day, uh, three to four uh, days a week. That sounds simple, like right? you can plan it. But if someone has to prepare for a for an event, a race, which is 16-17 hours, you can't you know run swim and cycle for 16-17 hours every day. Or you can't prepare for it. So I want to understand how do you plan your day and how does the training look like? Sure. So. Step number one is that you have to decide in your mind that I want to do it and my deadline, my date. I'm again coming back to the same thing that you have a deadline, have a goal that this is the date you sign up for the race or you decide that uh, go uh, October 2021 Ironman 70.3 Goa. That's when I am. I will do my race. So from today till then you have 12 to 14 months. What's next? Next is you don't know everything about the sport. You might be good at only running or only cycling or maybe a couple of sports, but you might be a bad swimmer. You might not be a confident runner. You might not have the endurance of a cyclist or strength for that matter. You can do all of that. You Yes. Uh, so step two is that believe in yourself. It can happen. Register for it. Then you seek out a coach. Seeking out a coach or outside help what it does is while you're going through the grind on a daily basis, there is someone from the outside who can see you progress because personally, we always overestimate our capabilities that, oh, I, I did this today. So, you know, I, I might be getting better. But there are days when you have to push. There are days when you have to pull back. You have to, in fact, 70% of the training happens at, uh, you know, 50% of your capabilities. So, you personally would not know when you are pushing or when you are pulling. So your coach or outside help or mentor will be able to see that. I think pulling back is a very important point because that is something that I've seen in, in general fitness as well. That if you overtrain, it leads to a lot of injuries. And that's one of the most uh, underrated reasons why people get injured because they overtrain. A lot of people, especially athletes who are very excited and very passionate about their sport, they want to do it every day and they want to do it more and more uh, and they get a high from doing it. So if you have a coach who's helping you, uh, they can always tell you that, you know, you've trained a lot and there are physical symptoms which show that, you know, you've been overtraining. So it's time to pull back. Otherwise, it'll, it may lead to injuries and then you may not may be out of action for quite some time. So it's better to pull back. Yeah. Uh, I'll just give you an example why pulling back or doing your slow run slow or not putting in the complete effort is important. Elite runners like Elliot Kepchuge, who is a sub 2 hour marathoner, all the elite runners from Kenya, uh, there's a place in Kenya called Init uh, where people train together in boards and that one place has produced more world champions than any other place in the entire world put together. They do 50 to 60% training at 30% or 40% of the capacities. On a daily basis, they do their slow run slow. The key sessions, uh, the speed sessions or the, uh, you know, in interval training sessions and all, or hill training for that matter, happens only 50, 40 to 50% of the time. Uh, they do all their training at half the capacity. So guys, if you are into strength and strength conditioning, gymming, or any other sport, do not go for PBs on a daily basis. You are doing more harm than good. That's why most of the people going to gyms continue to say this. And I'm not generalizing, but general statement that comes out is, 
I, I've been going to the gym for six months. I'm doing this for one year. I'm not seeing any results. You will not see results even in the next 10 years because you're putting so much strain on yourself because there is an ego boost of seeing others. Uh, you will see some champion uh, uh, guy in that particular gym who, you know, who will boost everyone that you should do 300 bench and 200 this and I did 10 reps, you should do 12. Please stop doing that. You will hurt yourself and you will literally stop these activities completely for your entire life. Do not go for PBs. Become that tortoise in the room that goes slow, but you will go longer. So that's a, a tip that I wanted to share. But yeah, coming back to the mindset and how a training looks like. Now, uh, triathlon is a sport which is slightly expensive. This is meant for the elites uh, where people have already been fit for many, many years and they want to try something really exceptionally different. So uh, most people would always be employed or they are pro, pro, uh, pro athletes. And so they are, you know, they have uh, 10, 12 hours a job a day. You also have family that you have to manage. That's why triathlon or Ironman is a journey which is not just mental toughness. It's also about adjustment uh, with your routine, with yourself and, you know, telling yourself that whatever resources that you have, you have to maximize it. And uh, after you've registered yourself, taken the decision of doing it, found a coach, uh, your coach and you will sit down together based on your uh, limiters and your strengths. A program will be designed for uh, 30 months, 36 months, 42 months or 48 months, depending on the the date of the goal and your capabilities and then a typical week for training look, looks like for an Ironman uh, it's about uh, 14 to 15 hours of different workouts typically two to three sessions of swim three sessions of bike three sessions of run and uh, two sessions of strength and conditioning and on a daily basis nutrition is something that you have to take care of and when I say nutrition nutrition is usually means People have to eat less, but for, for marathoners and triathlons, you can literally eat anything. You can eat more. Nutrition here is actually in excess, not in uh, less. So you have to find time. Normally, people like to train, do one session in the morning and one session in the evening. Morning sessions are usually in intensity based and evening sessions are slower, uh, lower intensity, which you get done at your own home. So when you are training at 60-70% your capacity all the time or even lower, how do you know that on the actual event day, you'll be able to finish the race? I'm not saying that you finish the race in your training, but so for example, if Ironman is say 17 hours, do you on certain days train for say 12-13 hours? So in a typical, let's say, like I told you, the 32-week plan, you would hit these kind of numbers only once or twice in the entire 32 weeks, uh, one or second uh, week. And that week happens to be uh, usually at the 70-80% training duration mark. So at about 24-26 week period, you will try to hit, let's say, 180 kilometers of cycling and uh, maybe 21 or 30 kilometers of run. And if you do that, you are ready. The structure of the training is that uh, you load and then you load 10% more and then you unload the training volume and it's progressive. So you start off by let's say just 50 kilometers and 10 kilometers runs and then you keep building like a, you know, uh, like a pyramid, uh, reverse pyramid and uh, eventually you reach there. Okay. Periodization. Yes. 
do you have any uh, pre-workout rituals? Uh, and I'm uh, asking specifically for endurance training because that's for a long duration, right? So are there things that you consume before your workouts and during your workouts? Certainly. Uh, my sport, which is endurance sport, uh, running or uh, triathlons, uh, you cannot survive just on your reserves. Your reserves will start depleting within like 90 minutes. So you will not be able to do justice to the workout. You might be able to keep going, but if you don't take care of the salts or the hydration or carbs, you will not be able to sustain. It results into injuries. Pre-workout rituals, yes, I try to have uh, hydration at least an hour, two hours, depending on the goal of the workout. If it's a longer goal, the hydration and eating starts two to three hours in advance. So mostly carb-rich, protein-rich, fat-rich diet and uh, having salts and carrying your uh, hydration bottles along. And I like... So when you say hydration bottle, is it just water or it's, it has some like a mix of hydration, which is, let's say, I like to have uh, fast enough reload tablets. Each tablet carries enough salt and sugar for you to sustain for a uh, good 45 minutes to one hour, a 700 ml water uh, for a intensive activity. And uh, another most important thing is warm up and cool down. That's the difference between elites and not so elites. 10 minutes of warm up, 10 minutes of cool down is a golden rule for me, for my athletes and in anyone that I train or coach. Do not forget to do five, 10 minutes of stretching and letting your body uh, wake up, get ready for the weight that will come across. And what does what does a typical cool down look like? Because you've all already been doing a lot of training, right? And then afterwards, if you're walking, your body has already cooled down. So uh, do you have anything else that uh, you recommend doing as part of cool down? Yes. So uh, you can incorporate a few basic drills, uh, drills as in uh, specific areas that you worked on and then you try to uh, do lower intensity exercise for that particular, let's say if you've done a, a run of about uh, 1 hour 15 minutes of 12k run, 13k run, then you come back and you uh, do ankle uh, drills or you do calf muscle drills. So drills are important and then uh, basic stretching exercises for about 8 to 10 uh, minutes along with breathing. Uh, so it could look like a runner stretch. It could look like a Indian toilet position. It could look like... Deep squats. Uh, yes, you can stretch your glutes. So basic flexibility and mobility drills. I think that's super important. Not just... I mean, obviously it's important for running and uh, all the endurance training sports, but super important for strength training as well. You mentioned uh, breathing. What is breath work uh, in terms of cool down? Yes. So it's like, uh, it's, I've incorporated this from yoga. And uh, what you do is you try to take deep breaths from your stomach, all the way from your stomach on one side of your nostril. So you do 10 to 15 deep breaths on your right nostril and you breathe out from your left nostril. And then you do it alternatively. What this does is it just... Uh, fills your entire body up with fresh uh, oxygen, helps you to calm down, uh, brings your heart rate from about 130, 140 to about 60, 70 or natural resting heart rate and you just calm down. So, and then at the end of it, about at the end of this five, six minutes of deep breathing from your stomach, uh, you rub your palm and you just uh, rub it across your uh, eyes. Just, just calms you down, cools you. Is that called anulom vilom? 
the the breathing part i illiterate uh, <laughs> <laughs> never mind tell me about your uh, recovery process because i think uh, when you're training recovery is one very important aspect right you can't just keep training 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 you need to recover as well so what do you do for your recovery i have uh, three things for this number one is foam rolling as a endurance athlete you have to foam roll foam roller is typically like a cylindrical uh, exercise equipment where you roll yourself over and over again for about 20 minutes thrice a week thrice or maybe more if you have if you can do more then please do more foam rolling is number one that has to be your what parts do you foam roll on entire leg calves uh, glutes uh, hamstrings and then lower back uh, upper back every damn thing whatever i can foam roll on it's painful but it has to be done like it eliminates almost 70 80% of injuries right away like all itb issues all lower back issues all tensions uh, in your body just goes away just through this single activity called foam rolling even if you do go to a physiotherapist a lot of them will massage which is a, a much better version of foam rolling but uh, if you do it on your own it's free of cost and uh, you can do it more regularly uh, i was coming to that so foam rolling is number one number two is having a protein rich diet bcaa's uh, uh, whatever source of protein you can have it could be through whey proteins it could be through eggs it could be paneer tofu whatever you you can manage soya have that in your diet third uh, and most underrated one is sleep sleep is the number one uh, recovery uh, that you can do to yourself if you are lucky if you are a privileged class you will be able to sleep for 8 9 hours a day it will do a world of good to yourself but not if nothing uh, like personally i don't get uh, time because i'm not privileged uh, managing everything you know uh, i get to sleep between 6 to 7 hours every day but if you can sleep more please sleep more take care of your water drink 3 4 5 liters of water keep going to the washrooms that's fine but drink more water great that that makes a lot of sense so you also mentioned about strength training right what are your views on the importance of strength training in addition to your endurance training because i see a lot of runners not the professional ones but a lot of people who start running as a means to uh, lose weight only do running and i want to understand your point of view around uh, strength training combined with running how important is that sure great question this is uh, in fact most of the coaches uh, that people work with and uh, mostly runners have literally 0 to 5% of the time that they do strength training whereas strength training is something that you have to uh, do at least twice a week in your uh, routines so what happens is uh, if you're not doing strength training there is a over usage uh, injuries that you might have your muscles tend to become weaker and weaker if you continue to do aerobic activities over and over again you have to strengthen your knees your glutes your hamstrings all the basics you know calves and uh, if you don't do it you are more prone to injuries and in longer distances uh, if you go for let's say anything above 10 15 kilometers a weak leg will eventually give out but this is it's that development of uh, strength and conditioning that you have trained your body to go longer it's when your body is giving up the strength actually comes in and sort of takes you forward another important thing is strength and conditioning is not only through literal uh, weight training or you know body weight training 
it's also through certain workouts in running such as uh, intensive fat legs or intensive uh, uh, interval training let's say when you're running loops of let's say re repetitions of 800 meters into 6 or 1 kilometers into 7 at maximum of capacity that's when your anaerobic capacity increases in the body that's also a bit of speed work and a bit of strength and conditioning so you're talking about sprinting yes uh, that's what interval training uh, is at 90% capacity 90% 100% so do you have any practical tips for someone who who is just getting into this whole uh, arena of endurance sports or someone who's just getting started with running sure the, the tips for beginners is that you find a good pair of shoes for yourself when i say good pair of shoes the number one tip is that if your size is let's say 44 uk 44 find a size half size bigger than your uh, shoe for your long distance runs so if you are 44 then go for 45 if you're 45 go for 46 uh, this helps in when you are you're run, running your feet tend to expand a little uh, so that helps in uh, getting adjusted you will have lesser injuries on your toenails also that's number one number two have a shoe which which has a good cushioning do not go for completely flat kind of shoes or uh, fleets or those kind of you know sneaker type of things there is a purpose for this if you are a barefoot runner perfect then you don't have to worry about anything take your warm-ups five minute 10 minute warm-ups 10 minute cool down seriously do not go for pbs every run the fourth gold, golden rule for running is that no two consecutive runs have to be same so it's not like every day you're going out and doing today also i did 10k in 54 minutes tomorrow uh, again i went and i did uh, uh, 53 minutes every day if you're doing the same you're not going to become a better runner or a wrong distance runner or a fast runner none of that is going to happen for you every two runs have to be different paces different types different incorporate hills incorporate speeds incorporate slow runs incorporate fast runs different uh, so that's that's the basic tips for runners just start so should we should we progressively increase the intensity or you recommend that we also reduce the intensity from time to time week on week basis depending on the goal if you are a sprinter obviously your goals would be different to run the fastest 100k or uh, 100 uh, meters or 200 meters if you are uh, if you are eyeing to do a half marathon or full marathon you have to week on week increase the distance by a little uh, next week you increase the distance not more than 10% so if this week you did 50 kilometers of mileage next week it should not be beyond 55 kilometers remember this 10% loading is what you have to do on a week week on week basis and the third week you reduce the intense uh, the loading by 20% so 50 55 and then it bring it down to 45 and then you start again by 55 goes to 61 62 and then bring it down to 50 that's the rule of loading and unloading uh, that's how you can build up volume over a period of progression okay perfect great uh, you also provide ironman coaching yourself right tell me something about that Sure. Uh, like I mentioned, my goal is to promote the sport of uh, running and uh, triathlons. It changed my life 15 years ago and I am still reaping the benefits of running till this date, becoming better every single day, learning more. And I want to share that joy of running, the joy of meditation through running and changing your life through running. 
by default it helps you in your weight gain or weight loss goals uh, makes you a better leader better athlete so that's what i am trying to do here with ironman coaching i am uh, helping individuals with driven goals to achieve uh, and do their first ironmans or second ironmans and uh, also another thing is that ironman is a sport which is spread across uh, 60 countries there are over 200 races across the world it gives you an amazing opportunity to travel the world right from us canada to brazil to argentina to australia to new zealand to uh, all of europe to india to you know dubai southeast asia malaysia so if you have a bug of traveling travel with a purpose which is doing races it becomes even better like every 6 months you should plan a travel to some other part of the world great way to bond with this elite community and uh, that's what i'm trying to do with tri fantry so started uh, helping people uh, with their uh, swim bike run strength conditioning and nutrition goals and uh, looking to have the first batch of anman coming out of tri fantry next year 2021 that's amazing man all the best for that i'm sure a lot of people will benefit from that uh, and i'm going to put all your contact details in the description so that the listeners can those who are interested can reach to you uh, this has been value packed session so thank you so much for that nishant it was great having this conversation with you thanks a lot abhimanyu for having me uh, and to all the listeners who were uh, tuned in and you know you've stuck around till this much uh, this entire duration of the podcast one parting uh, thought for yourself is that uh, set yourself big giant goals put deadlines and start pursuing them don't think that you you are limited by your current capacities you would be so surprised the kind of capacity the mind and the body has you can be an iron man you can be an ultra man if you want people like you and i have done it in the past so obviously it is possible set yourself amazing goals do an iron man do a marathon in your life once thank you so much guys this was amazing such a fruitful conversation and so much to learn and speaking of learnings if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to this podcast and i'll see you in next episode until then take care and be awesome